What's up, baby? Andrew Cooper here. Welcome on in to Alarm Fantasy Football. And folks, once again, Howard Bender and John and Pemba, they're off doing like round ball stuff, you know, baseball, basketball. We're here holding down the ship ourselves. So what I did is I'm bringing in my friends and we're going to talk about whatever we want to talk about. This week, I have the legendary, the Mm. fun Chuck Bass, kind of the, uh, he kind of dominates the fantasy football expo. I think that's where he performs best. <laughs> also, one of the, one of, uh, I would say, my opinion, top three accounts that make me chuckle on Twitter. It's like you, Jordan Loop, uh, Ian Harditz. Those are mm. kind of my, my gang. So uh, without that further is, ado, Chuck, how yes. you doing, brother? I'm doing great, man. What a just legendary company to be in. Happy to be on the show. Uh, making you chuckle. That's just got so many meanings and it just hits home so hard. And it's what I'm trying to do, man. In February, what else are we going to do? I'm not talking baseball. I'm not talking basketball. I'm here for memes. That's right. Memes, that really is the economy of fantasy Twitter, if you ask me. It is. Yeah. So yeah. on this show, what we've been doing, here, here's the deal. Uh, we hit some news and notes early. In the second part, we go through, and I, I just pick your brain on process. You know, we've had some great thinkers like yourself on. You know, we had Jacob mm-hmm. Sanderson, Jax Falcone, you know, Dave Clue. You're just trying to figure out how they get advantages. Then we'll look Real at some late. players. If there's if there's time after, we'll we'll maybe look at a mock draft. But uh, this is the last one we're going to do. Where we're looking at current players. After this, we're going to get into prospects. You know, mm. I got some. Oh some, yeah. Yeah, 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 those are the deep cuts. I, I got to dig in myself. Yeah, uh, we're having Dustin Ludke on. He's uh, going to have boots on the ground at the at the combine, and then uh, mm. Derek Brown, D bro. So uh, it's going to be huge, Jim. <laughs> it's gonna be big i see you guys are tony romo going are you more so are you a uh would you say you're more of like a, a sunday football tony romo or more like an arts and craftsy tony romo oh god what an amazing question good analysis jim uh sunday football tony romo i hated him while he played and loved him when he started announcing and now i loved him when he, i miss him when he played and i hate him announcing That's i don't right. know how it happened it just flipped it's, it's it's come full circle, man. I actually ran into him last year at the uh, at Patriots place, and uh, mm. it, it was uh, he was having a good time with Robert Kraft, and they actually lost Jim Nance. That's how I found them. I heard somebody going, "Where the hell's Jim?" And I look over, and I was like, "I was with Dario, who is doing mm. you know for Player Profile, doing his whole tour." And I was like, "Dude, that's Tony Romo." And we went over, good guy. Two yeah. three more name drops. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Actually, um, there was another one that Tracy Wilson was there too. So that's another. Oh, one. smooth, yeah, very yeah, smooth. Yeah. She that's was actually true. very excited that we recognized her. You know, because she was kind of with a lot of, you know, she's famous, right? But yeah. like, you know, Bob Kraft is actually, you know, Tony Romo, very, very famous. Doing it right. Yeah. Anyway, what's up, chat? See you guys hanging out. There's Dustin right there. So yeah, uh, can't wait to have a good guest on. He'll be our guest next week. Dustin next week. riding coattails yeah. per usual. That's right, dude, coming in. You're setting him up so he can knock him down. Uh, Mile high, I see your question in there. We're going to hit on some questions for sure. Uh, what I want to do first, we're just going to hit on some quick news. All right, so uh, got to get this out of the way. First and foremost, obviously the biggest news of the week, legendary special teams player Matthew Slater uh, announcing his retirement, 16 years. Hall of Famer, Chuck, what do you think? Mm-hmm. I mean, just look, look behind me first before you answer this question. Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> this one's always been really funny to me because Matthew Slater is like the Patriots having him was like the first kid in the group who got a girlfriend and you're just not used to the dynamic. And you're like, what do they even go do when they're off by themselves? Like we're just the boys <laughs> hanging out. Like no other fan base has any idea what this is possibly like. And his highlight reels are longer than most NFL players I, in the league right now. Uh, it's crazy, crazy times. 
making ma- and the thing is making massive impactful plays too but like i mean like the thing is if you were to really stack up the number of game changing plays like think about like a guy like chris johnson and he would break mm-hmm. off like an 80 yard touchdown right like yep. that's a huge game changing play but you know what else is an equally game changing play blocking a punt yes right you know t- uh you know, fielding a, a punt at the two yard line basically mm. kills that drive. The success rate of drives from the one or two is like nothing. So I don't know. The The thing is, the funny part is there's actually a log jam for these type of guys because the Bills had a guy, Steve Tasker. Have you heard of Steve mm. Tasker? No, the name. Yeah. He was basically Matthew Slater before Slater. That's and I've, I've actually been on Twitter kind of petitioning for Slater to get in. Sorry, for Tasker to get in over the last couple of years because mm-hmm. I knew that if he gets in, now Slater can get in. So yeah, uh, he's somebody's got to walk so everyone else can run. He's got to yeah. get in first, right? He's got like Ray Guy at punter had to get in, and now punters can mm-hmm. get in, right? It's like we need Steve Tasker in the build. So people, if you want Slater in, Tasker's got to go first. Are you all for that much change in such a short amount of time? You lose Tom, you lose Bill, you lose Slater. Who's next? Gillette Labs. Uh, it's pretty. <laughs> the lighthouse is coming down, dude. It is. <laughs> It is crazy, bro. It is it's getting crazy. So we'll have to see, man. Um, you know, I'm such a homer though. Like whoever they take at three, I'll be like, yep, that's the right pick. Exactly. Joe correct. Alt, let's go. My dad, my dad's on the Joe Alt wagon. So uh, you know, there we go. Yeah. Uh okay. Uh 49ers part ways with Steve mm-hmm. Wilkes. I mean, that's to us in fantasy land, it is it is what it is. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, uh Jimmy G suspended. Uh and mm-hmm. this is interesting because uh, that voided the guaranteed money in his contract, and now they—I mean—they were going to part ways with him anyway. But like now, it makes they—they they basically just already yeah. released him. So, uh, do you think a team takes a stab on Jimmy G? I mean, it, now it, the fact that he can't play the first two games, no matter what, really puts him in the hole. Yeah, I mean, just all you hear about him is praise from everybody except people who play fantasy football. Everybody yeah. else loves him uh, for yeah. one reason or another. Maybe fans of the teams themselves aren't, you know, always overly enthusiastic, but. This is kind of what we thought was going to happen when they benched him. They benched him last year. A lot of people who know what's going on were saying that this was to avoid injury clauses kicking in so right. they wouldn't have to pay him. And then this happens. Who knows? Maybe it's some flat earth stuff. They're sneaking some stuff into his juice. I don't know. Yeah, right. Yeah, the old void contracts juice sneak. I mean, <laughs> one of the oldest tricks in the book, dude. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to do it, Vegas, I mean, easy enough. Mm, uh, but, yeah, you know, like so one one narrative I've been throwing around is like, uh, and I actually had Jimmy G on the list for this was mm-hmm. Daniel Jones is hurt. And I'm like, okay, why don't they bring in another like mm-hmm. uh replacement level guy to compete? Yeah. And now you can see if Daniel Jones is a guy, but if, if Daniel Jones is going to be hurt and miss the first two games and Jimmy G is going to miss the first two games, he completely is off the table for that. So yeah, really- that, that team, that's a good, I really like that. Cause that team needs a control element that you can compare all the other things right. to so that they have like a baseline scale. You bring in Minshew, right? Yeah. You bring in Minshew. Okay. And if, if, if Daniel Jones and Minshew neither separate themselves, then mm-hmm. you go great. Both these guys are they stink, right? Like if Daniel Jones is way better than Minshew, then you learn something, you know. So Turn the page. Uh, yep. yeah. Uh so last one for actual news, and then we'll get into some rumors, which are more fun in my opinion. Uh CJ Stroud's agency, they've come out and said that uh they're gonna have all their prospects skip all the cognitive tests moving forward, <laughs> which to put that into perspective, for people that don't know, there's a couple of them. Wonderlick is the most famous, but there's another one called the S2 cognitive test, which like apparently it's some like video game that like tests how quick you react to stuff. Mm. They use it for baseball too. But CJ Stroud did really poorly on that. And, you know, 
who's to say whether it affects whether you win one or two, but yeah. it turns out that that doesn't matter because DJ Stroud is awesome. So I don't know. What are your thoughts mm-hmm. on this? Should people, should we give any credence to this or should everybody just skip it? I, I don't like the idea of there being challenges that people are not afraid to step up to. I mean, all the stuff that went on with CJ Stroud for one joke or another, like they wanted their friction in Carolina came because they did want to take him at one. So clearly they thought differently. They had a football guy feel for what this guy could do. And a lot of these tests, you know, they've never really, they've just been a talking point. They've never really been a driving factor for what we think of these candidates. It's really just now that the meme culture is taking hold in front and you rent, you know, the rent is due is coming up. You got to pop these uh, wonder league tests up. Yeah. Well, so I'll tell you this. I do love what you said there about guys wanting to compete because I watched Bijan go out. He didn't, Bijan didn't have to do a damn thing and he would have been the RB one, but he went out and he crushed all the drills to the point where I, I was watching the combine in Florida at a bar with my mom on mute mm-hmm. and sh- we were watching it kind of talking or whatever. And she looks up and looks at me and she goes, wow, this guy is better than everybody else. And I was like, yeah. you know that I was like, you know who that is? And she goes, no, I was like, that is Bijan. That's Bijan Robinson. He is better than everybody else. Like my mom could see it, you know, so it's like, never going away. Yeah. Am I, Where were you guys favorite, at? Mar- Margaritaville? Where were you at? I, we were in Naples somewhere. Uh, some like divey joint, dude. It was, nice. yeah, it was perfect. Perfect. Perfect for what we were doing. We actually watched a second part of the combo at this place called uh, Seed to Table, which is a grocery store that has a full, like, multiple bars in it and live music. It's the best grocery store I've ever been to. Mm, Florida just Florida needs that good advertisement right now. Dude, the guy sitting next to us, he goes, watch. We were like talking or whatever. He goes, watch this, right? He goes down to the next floor down, goes, and we watch him. He walks over to the steak area. Picks out a T-bone steak, comes back, not a T-bone steak, a tomahawk steak, comes back up and goes, he goes, just wait a few minutes. And they cook it there and deliver it Mm. to the table where he's sitting there watching the combine. Mm. I was like, that was the craziest, coolest thing I've ever seen. Got to get the health score for that place. I want to see it in the window ASAP. Dude, the place is amazing, bro. You got to check this out. If you're uh, the coolest grocery store I've ever been to. And they got Publix. They're already like the, the mecca for grocery stores, but this one's on another level. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I like to see the guys compete. I would Jay Cutler. Mm-hmm. Qu- quarterbacks don't even do the bench press, and Jay Cutler was like, "I'm gonna do it." So yeah, uh, I would I rather s- them do it and then be like, "This doesn't matter to me," but there's nothing I'm gonna say no to because right. I trust who I am and what I can do, and they're getting good advice, all that stuff. Exactly. And the, someone also said that Bryce Young had actually done the test multiple times before in the past. I guess at Alabama they mm. do it. So I, like, I, now I'm like, ah, I don't know. Uh, but let's get on some rumors, dude. Rumors. Please, please, please. Yes, 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 yes. Justin Fields. All right, here we go. Has unfollowed the Bears on Instagram. Uh, Chuck, as, as a social media, uh, as a perpetually and terminally online social media person yourself, uh, how much how much does it matter that he unfollowed the Bears on Instagram? Have you, let me ask you this. Let's put this in hypothetical terms. Let's say that Fantasy Alarm was eyeing me as a new NFL analyst. Would you unfollow everybody that works for Fantasy Alarm? Ah, you know what? I don't know. Maybe. I think so. I think if, <laughs> if, if there were rumors that I was getting traded to like, you know, I don't even want to get a place. But if I was getting traded, I might, dude. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm pretty loyal with Fantasy Alarm, dude. Shout out. It's just, I think this I just happens too much man. for it to really, for it to move the needle for me. I get the branding in there if I try to do it. Got him. Uh, <laughs> it's just, you know, like this is classic. We could have, like, we, these jokes were being made in December. Right. So it's just really hard to put a finger on it. Yeah. Now, uh, the top rumored destination, and not only rumored, but like you go to DraftKings, they have odds for yeah. next team, right? The 
team with the number one odds for Justin Fields was the Pittsburgh Steelers. And last I checked, it still was. Yet yeah. the Steelers came out and said, well, we don't yeah. need Justin Fields because we have Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph. <laughs> That's just where they're sitting around like the impractical jokers. Like, all right, say this. But like they they have, I mean, like it does, they lose all leverage and it does no good for them to come out and say, we're going to be in the free agent veteran market publicly. They can do that stuff behind closed deals. But if they've, if they've made it aware, it sours the players, it sours the agents, and it really, you know, sure the fans get happy, but as far as their ability to actually make a significant move contract-wise, it just makes it harder. Right, and it's it's smart on their part because now the other teams look and they say, hey, Steelers are out, so whatever they yeah. were offering, we'll move it down, you know. Uh, and who was – who last year during the season, everybody was saying, okay, we can see where this is going, right? We want – Caleb Williams is probably coming to Chicago – where do we want to see Justin Fields go? They wanted to see him go to Atlanta under Arthur Smith and do the things that Desmond Ritter wasn't capable of doing. Right. You know where I'm going with that. I mean, that's just it's right there. In Pittsburgh. It's right there, man. I mean, so Pittsburgh, I like Atlanta, even without Arthur Smith there, I like the weapons. Yeah. It would hurt for the weapons though. Like as a mm -hmm. fan of Drake London and Pitts and Bichon, I yeah. don't want Fields as much as I would want like Cousins or, sure. you know, and I guess same to some degree for Devontae Adams. We got in the mm -hmm. chat, Tom, uh, our guy getting the game, Tommy Roush saying uh, Fields is a Raider soon. Oh, yeah. dude, he's that's what I like to hear. I got for some of these, I have dream dream spots and actual spots. Uh, actual spot, I had Raiders, even though my dream yeah. spot was the Steelers. I just feel like he might fit into that run the ball and then bomb it deep kind of mentality that they're going for. They're trying to build it around, you know, tough dudes. And Justin Fields is a tough dude. Right. You know, Terrell Pryor, uh, he could be the next Terrell Pryor. For the Raiders, oh. you know, <laughs> I think he's still he had a 97 yard touchdown run or something like that for the Raiders. I think that's still the longest run by a quarterback in the NFL. Is he going to get that wide receiver designation on sleeper then also? That's because Charles Pryor got me through some a couple tough seasons there. From thousand yard season for the Browns. Yeah. I mean, what a freakazoid, right? Shout out to Earl Pryor, man. Mm. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I mean, it will be interesting, man. Uh, yeah. You know, speaking of the quarterbacks, Vikings also, I'm hearing now the rumors for him have been kind of boiled down to they would like him back, but they last time they gave him a one-year deal that was fully, fully guaranteed, and yeah. he wants that again, and uh, they're kind of balking at the guaranteed. I mean, he just mm -hmm. tore his Achilles at, what are you, 37? Yeah. And I think yes. he's 30, 35, 36, something like that. Am I Is wrong? I, I mean, I'm, we're, we're sitting at computers, so we're <laughs> <laughs> I just why don't why don't we just uh chat have the technology yeah 35 you're right so he's not 37 yeah, yeah. 35 I you know so Achilles could be could be fine Rogers is yeah. coming back from one but I don't know guaranteed mm -hmm. money would anyone give him guaranteed money it's funky because it seems to be the only thing he's interested in is the headline reads that Kirk Cousins got x amount of guaranteed dollars I'm not even sure exactly how much the total value of the contract matters to him as long as he continues to be that quarterback who's like Every deal he got was guaranteed X amount. You know, it's just seems to be right. the most important factor. It is. Things it him. is funny. It's it's especially funny when you go back and find there was this like uh, conference he did, a speech he did, where he was just mm -hmm. like, he's like, you know, I'll just take my my deals as they come. I just mm -hmm. need enough mana, you know, enough mana to get me from one day to the next, right? And then it's like the deal <laughs> he signed was like a gazillion dollars. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I mean, the whole enough mana to get through me through the day thing goes out the window when you've already made, you know, yeah. hundreds of hundreds of millions of dollars, yeah, like generational wealth. Yeah. He's sitting in a very powerful spot. I have my dream spot for him is going back to Washington. Um, I know that doesn't make anybody happy, but myself, but Snyder gone, Kirk coming back. They need a quarterback. They have good infrastructure weapons wise. 
I thought that would be a fun little, you know, turn the page. It makes me incredibly happy. You, mm-hmm. Nobody doesn't make anybody happy. You know why it makes me happy? Because mm-hmm. the Patriots, oh, Patriots pick at three. Mm, get your guy. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Cut, cut, whoever, right? Yeah. The, the commanders should find any veteran to start for them. I don't care if he's played for them or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, last rumor, and then we'll get into some old dynasty chatter here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bills. Uh, not only did they have Stefan Diggs trade rumors to the point where mm-hmm. DraftKings is offering odds on his next team, which mm-hmm. are all ridiculous landing spots, and he's definitely going to probably be with the Bills. But yeah, one of the top ones is the Chiefs because the Bills mm-hmm. are going to trade their top five receiver to the Chiefs. Yes, yeah. please. Yeah, exactly. That's exhausting. Yeah. yeah. Then Gabe Davis also, speaking of exa- exhausting, just you know did like an eight-minute video where yeah. he thanked the Bills and then also ran down his stats at the end just for anybody out there. You know, kind of. I respect that. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, first, gave uh, Stefan Diggs. Let's okay. Let's say hypothetically he's not a Bill. Mm-hmm. What would be a good spot for a guy like that? Besides, any, Diggs, besides every team. For Stefan Diggs, yeah. Besides every team, seriously. Um, you know, it's you know we're gonna wake up and it's gonna be like Chiefs acquire Bills wide receiver and everyone's gonna go nuts and it is gonna be Gabe Davis, Davis and they're just gonna take all these guys because they can be the home, the island of misfit toys, and they can win either way. Right. Uh, but as far as like digs, right, I think maybe he just continues to be that acquisition for a team that's looking to take its quarterback play from one spot to the next. So, I mean, does he stay in the NFC and does he go somewhere like a Detroit? You know, Detroit is on the Detroit is on the cusp and they have a bunch of good players. They're limited on great players. I think that would be a really fun. Let's take things to the next Huge. level. They need a split. Dude, you put a split end on that team because that's what they're missing, right? They have the slot flanker. In mm-hmm. in Amon Rossi Brown, but he's not big enough to, to line up, you know, tethered tethered to the line with his foot in the mm-hmm. ground and fight the jam, right? But then you have Jamison Williams who can stretch the field. Mm-hmm. You got Sam Laporta. You got Gibbs and Monty. You have a great offensive line, assuming that Frank Ragno's toe is going to hold up. And you know, you just you come in with a big split end, whether it's a Diggs, it's a Mike mm-hmm. Evans, something like that. Man, I mean, Trey Bowen, you can't allow it. You can't allow That's- it to happen. That's magic, and that's a team that continues to make the right call in Detroit. And they may not make it on the time frame that a lot of us are happy with or the timetable, but they do keep making them, so I wouldn't be surprised right. whatsoever. Yeah, Shout out Brad Holmes, man. I think he's my favorite exec. I think so, man. He's a great dude. And, uh, good, he knows, he's like a good hang. Yeah, he does, right? He's, you know, he's, <laughs> he's down in the locker room, right? You know, a lot yeah. of these other GMs are stuffy. They're up in the box. Mm-hmm. They're like, you're, you're, you're fired, you know, but yeah. like – He's down there, like you know, crushing, definitely crushing beers and stuff in the locker room. Cutting it up with Martha Ford on the sidelines, just having a good time. Yeah, he's a man, dude. <laughs> Shout out Brad Holmes. All right, let's get into a little process here, Chuck. Uh, I've been basically asking my guests. I say, okay, you know, we have a lot of serious fantasy gamers here. I see Wendy in the chat, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Johnson Bronson, the guys that that. You know, they don't just play like one hometown league a year. They're in mm-hmm. Dynasty. They're in Best Ball. They're doing you know, industry charity leagues and sure. stuff. So I've been asking my guests, like, what's something in Dynasty that you feel gives you? Well, first and foremost, I got to ask, what's your calendar like? Because not mm-hmm. everybody's on the same page right now. Like some people have been looking yeah. at prospects all year. Some people are uh, like myself are looking at free agency and then they do prospects. Some people like Dave Kluge are just like, you know, climbing mountains, enjoying, <laughs> you know, like their time. Like he literally yeah. was like, I'm just chilling right now. So like, I've shot in McDonald's from the top of a peak. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. That's literally what he's been doing. So it's like, you know, he's hanging out with his dog, which is yeah. cool. I mean, like you take this time off if you want. So like, where, what's your calendar? Like Super Bowl ends. Well, like yeah. what gets you back to redraft season? So I try to like take all the negative energy that feels so, 
um, in the moment of the regular season because you're just like percentage wise, you're not winning all your leagues. Matter of fact, yeah. you're probably losing most of them. So I try to like happy Gilmore, like Kevin Nealon, like harness energy block bad, like all of January and just get it out of my system. And then I just roll right into startups. This is my favorite time to do it because I feel very confident about the people that I follow college football wise who are doing a lot of the scouting work. So a lot of people turn the page from redraft to dynasty come start of the new year. I already feel like a lot of that work has been, you know, integrated into my subconscious. So I'm looking at these guys already feeling like there's nothing more that can happen from now until the combine to change how I'm going to feel about anybody. I don't need to do any more scouting, any more work. I just feel ready to hit the ground running. So in your startups, and I have to ask, this is an important question for anybody looking to do a startup. Uh, you know, and if anyone is looking to do a startup, I will say this, go over to myffpc.com, use promo code COOP. They'll give you 25 bucks when you deposit $35 or more. You can do a startup draft now, or you can pick up an orphan, both equally fun. I know Chuck, mm -hmm. you're into the startup game, but obviously mm -hmm. if you pick up an orphan team, which is a team somebody's given up, then you mm -hmm. can keep all the good parts and trade all the bad parts. It's, yep. it, it's, it's really fun. But, uh, so if you're, if you're looking to do a startup, like Chuck's talking about where you start a dynasty league from scratch and mm -hmm. pick all the guys you want, go over to my use promo code coop or look at that dude, Matt Deutsch with the uh, QR code and mm -hmm. Chuck with the alley-oop. Let's go. How's that <laughs> a marketing you. baby? Yeah. Go get set up over there. Uh, but yeah. So what I wanted to ask is uh, when you do a startup at this time of year, there's kind of mm -hmm. two ways to handle the rookies. Some people put them right in there, right? Yeah. They just put the rookies like you can just draft Marvin Harrison Jr. Mm -hmm. Some people put the picks in there. And whether you like put the kickers in there and you pick a kicker and that represents yeah. pick one one Do you like having the picks in there or the players in there if you're doing them now? So I just did three in a row over the course of the last month. One, uh, one of all three different versions that you just did. And that wasn't on purpose. It was actually just coincidental. And I found that the rookies being in the draft pool, name by name, was my favorite by far. Something about it, being able to evaluate them, not having to worry about kicking a line down, kicking a decision down the line, being able to kind of compare my team in real time just felt like the move. I don't really think there is a bad way to do it, but um, something about seeing kickers on the draft board to represent somebody just pisses me off. I don't like and it. So maybe that was the least amount of favorite from mine. Yeah, I'm with you on that, dude. Like, if I'm going to do a startup now, personally, and you know, people don't like this, you got to decide who you are, too. And sure. I, I, I've been telling people know that, that get, yeah, know your league, too. Because, like, me, I like to do free agency and then do the draft and then, mm -hmm. and then do my stuff. So, I would do a startup like right after the NFL draft. That's what mm -hmm. I like doing them. But I've been telling people out here that are the other way where they're like, I, they do all this film, they do all this mm -hmm. stuff, but then they don't play Debbie. They don't do startups. They just do rookie drafts after the NFL draft in May. I'm like, you know how easy it is for me to catch up to the information you have at that point? Yeah. I'm like, to really take advantage, go and do like a campus to Canton or do a mm -hmm. startup right now, you know? So take advantage of it. Think about think about what your skill sets are. You uh, already so have the underlying thought process and evaluation skills built into your fantasy brain. You just right. have to find other outlets of doing it, which is the things that you just described. Exactly. And take advantage. Like some people, they, you know, they spend all this time doing all this stuff just to like send one tweet out to be first on a guy. It's like, do some, do some Debbie leagues, do some yeah. uh, draft challenges, like the draft mm -hmm. prediction stuff. Like we're going to do more of that. I think that's mm -hmm. what I want more of. It's like, we, everyone sends out like a mock draft. Like let's have a competition. Right. Yeah. Like I want to know like, who's going to, you know what, let's hit some, hit some rounds, hit some something. So somebody come up with yeah. for that. Uh, where do you use your analytical football brain right now? Question mile high. Luke put in earlier. 
Uh, he picked up an orphan team, single QB, FFPC Dynasty League. He's got the 103, 106, 203, 204. So it sounds mm. like this person had the – they came in third to last, you know, and they also made a trade at some point. He's got Mahomes, Gibbs, Puka as the core. In talks to get the 101 by moving Gibbs in 106. And this is a single single QB league. So uh, imagine you'd be targeting Marvin Harrison Jr. Do you think Gibbs, Marvin Harrison Jr. is worth Gibbs in 106? This is crazy that this person orphaned this team. What did their pilot get picked up by like NBC? <laughs> what the what what is going yeah, on? This person doesn't have time to manage his team. That's they a hit. That's a they hit on some great players. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't feel this is gonna sound a little counterintuitive because I'm not a big RB guy, but I do understand the importance of having these guys that can move differently. And Gibbs is just one of those guys. Right. And the way that wide receiver prospects are flooding the league, like I know that theoretically a Marvin Harrison Jr. doesn't come in the league that often. But that doesn't mean that you aren't going to be able to find guys that are going to be able to give you the production to make up the difference between what Gibbs and another player might not be able to do. So right. I feel better, a little better about standing pat with everything that he has here. Yeah, I'm, hearing, I'm hearing a lot of good stuff about Malik Neighbors too. Like you might mm -hmm. even be able to like talk to the 102 guy and see if you can yeah. trade like 103 and – you know, 204 or something else, like something less yeah. valuable, uh, you know, and especially when you pick up an orphan, you know, your only three players aren't Gibbs, Mahomes, and Puka. Start mm -hmm. looking at the guys you don't like and trade those guys yeah. away because we like those guys. Trade trade away all the guys you don't like. It's the most fun. It so. Definitely, especially with this draft in particular, from what I can feel, it's just you're going to be able to pull away guys you feel more confident about in these first 20 picks than a lot of the previous drafts that we've had. Yeah, so he, Mile High Luke, clarifying, he picked it up last year and he hit on Puka and Gibbs. So, yeah. Oh, he good. wanted to flex on us real quick. Yeah, Let's go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, that's what, dude, dude, you can definitely throw throw your well flexes. Done. Throw well your done. flexes in the chat. We'll put them on the screen. Please. That's, that's what's up. Uh, so, okay. Hit us with one thing here. Hit us with uh, some, some part of your process that you feel gives you an advantage. And, I mean, you already just kind of laid out that, like, mm. you like doing startups now because you think you're mm. plugged into – Rookies, I mean, that's already one good tip. What else you got that like might be able to help our listeners just be better dynasty gamers? Anything, whether it's how you mm. attack trades or types of players you like, types of mm. players you like to avoid. You know, yeah. what what do you got? Well, my biggest piece of advice is I try to play in as many leagues as I can, where I think less of everybody else in the league's ability to play fantasy. <laughs> that's the do. best, dude. Um, and if I end up being humbled by that, it's just going to make me a better player. But also, you know, like. I'm not out here trying to prove myself. Like I want to win. I want to have fun. I want the guys that I'm going to be with. Um, but <laughs> I, I love that, dude. I actually play in a league with my buddies, like a few of my buddies from home. And I do the most obnoxious thing you could possibly do every year, which mm. is I offer my second round pick straight up for other people's second round picks, mm. and which basically says, I think I'm better at this than <laughs> yes. you are. I and just did that. Yeah. I just <laughs> it's did like that the best trash. It's the best trash talk. I actually did have a kid accept it, but then he traded my pick away right very quickly. He he kind of backed himself in the corner where he had to accept it, right? But it is a funny thing to do. No, I I, uh, I made a fifty dollar bet with a guy that I'm gonna finish ahead of him, and then I traded for his third round pick, like exactly like you're just saying. So I'm doubling down left. And right. It's funny, man. It's funny, yeah. So hey, and the thing is, dude, like looking for ways to make it more enjoyable is what's up. Like in that same league, we have a great rule, uh, not necessarily great. But a very kind of a dangerous rule, which is that if a player on your team gets cut, mm -hmm. then you have to send a video of yourself 
either chugging a beer or finishing a shot or something yeah, like or doing that. a shot to the chat at some point, not at that exact moment. Like if, mm-hmm. if a guy gets cut on Tuesday and you're at work, you don't have to go, you know, immediately shotgun a beer. <laughs> but like it gets really dicey in August when's like cut down day comes and people, oh. you see guys in the league looking at it and if yeah. they know a guy's going to get cut, they'll drop them. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My BMI would shoot up if that was happening to me right now. I love I love roster bubble guys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 dangerous, dude. It's dangerous, but it's a lot of fun. So yeah, shout out to like I really like playing in leagues. And to be serious for a second, I really like playing with first or second year dynasty players because they just do crazy shit. Crazy. You know, they they their concepts are strange, they don't really understand how to value picks in the future. They think Roshan Johnson is good. There's all kinds of things that are just absolutely wild that happen. And I like wildness. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that I, this is a point that I've been trying to make is that with, and it happens all the time to us, especially that are, mm-hmm. you know, fantasy our members and, you, and guys like you and I that are, all, you know, do this for, for work and we're doing all the time is that we, in our minds, think everybody else cares as much as we do. And we think that they're playing on this level and we think that mm-hmm. they're plugged in. The reality mm-hmm. is that if you're Herms or Toronto Dave or Joe mm-hmm. and you're hanging out with us at 1.30 on, <laughs> yeah. you know, on Wednesday, supposed uh, to be working right now, February 21st. <laughs> February 21st, literally the the sure. the most like th- there's n- there's nothing right now. The you combine, be further removed from the could be further removed. If you're hanging out with us right now, then you you are thinking about football more than 97% of people mm-hmm. out there, right? So like you have to remember that you're more plugged in than everybody else and, and not limit your trades, right? Like yeah. send send some trades that are a little crazy or whatever and let them correct you. Let them come back to you and say, that's not, you know, let them, like that, that's not a good trade. How dare you? Say, you? Yeah, yeah, I get a exactly. lot of how dare you's. And that's good though, because they come yeah. back and, they, and then you say, okay, well, let's work it out. You know what I mean? Okay. Like yep. uh, you, you ideally yeah. you have trades to help both teams, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, like, you know, mm-hmm. if they think that if they think it's a good trade, then then there you go. Let them do it. You know, yeah. let, let people uh, never stop your enemy from making a, a mistake. It is an un, it is an unexplored aspect of the game or underexplored aspect of the game. Trade talks can be annoying, but right. they're like such a necessary evil for expanding your abilities to even think about what other people are into, what they'll say yes to. Yeah. Oh, oh, I do a lot of evil, evil stuff, dude. Like, <laughs> I will. One, well, one you got favorite, a Marcus Smart jersey behind you. Of course, you do. A lot that's of right, too. One of my favorite Marcus Smart moves in fantasy, fantasy football in Dynasty is I'll look at a, I'll look at your roster, for instance, right? And we both have twenty players, let's say, right? Mm-hmm. And I'll look at a player on your team that I want, mm-hmm. and and I'll look at the worst player on your team, and if I want that player too, I'll offer a two for one deal for the player I want, right? And then, and then you know, the trade probably is in your favor and you'll say, okay, let's do the trade. And then right before we do the trade, I'll say, oh, by the way, since you need to drop somebody to take two guys on, yeah, who, like, who's the worst guy on your team? Can we just throw them in? And then I get that other guy too. Now it's a two for two trade. When, when all along I that I was planning on that. So little, little weasel moves like that, but that that's is, kind of- And you know, what's so great about that is that people do that and don't even realize they're doing that. That right. is a yeah. subconsciously built-in part of people's moves, and you know you're the de- you're the devil that knows. 
Right. And I have people sometimes turn around and they, they, then it blows up the entire trade because they realize they need to drop a player they like to do the trade. So, yeah. but still, it's like, you know, I'd rather not try and fish that guy off the wire if I could just get him thrown in on trade. But anyway, yeah. enough about weasel trade moves. Let's, <laughs> let's get into some debates on some actual players that could Please. potentially help some people go for, go for guys. I got to ask you though, first, mm-hmm. uh, everybody ha- kind of has a format that lives in their mind. Like some people just play like single QB, full PPR. Some people are playing super flex, tight end premium. Like when what what when I ask you immediately about a player, mm-hmm. what format do you like defer to? Well, as like a child of the steroid era, I just want formats that juice the stats as much as humanly possible. So I love P- I'm a half PPR guy, but give me 50 yard touchdown bonuses. Give me tight end premium plus. Give me first down yeah. rushes. Give me first yeah. receptions. I yeah. need. And I need super flex. We can't have a dynasty league where two thirds of the guys that provide us with the most content are just sitting on the bench most weeks. It just doesn't do it for me. I need all of that. Right. Yeah. Let's go, dude. Geek uh-huh. Mill in the chat, dude. Shout out to the Twitch gang popping chat in live dude. right now. It's been a minute since we've had. We gotta get Twitch glasses out for the Twitch mm. gang, baby. We're, Twitch, we we missing you guys all season long. They're hanging in because they, you know, they're looking for the waiver wire advice. But the Twitch your gang, your jersey is going to be retired on Twitch at some point here in the near future. I'm saying, dude, Bush One G, <laughs> shout out, brother. I'm not sure if that's a Kyle Bush reference or whatever it is, dude. Kyle Bush couldn't get out of his own way this weekend. Anheuser, yeah, whatever Maybe. it is. If your name's Bush, whatever. We we thanks for popping in, dude. Twitch gang in the house, baby. And mm. Geek Mill, dude, always a favorite of mine, dude. Thank you guys for popping in, hanging out with us. Uh, you know, Wendy, Angie, what's up, everybody? All right, let's get to some dynasty debates. This is what we've been doing in this section. Is I've got some guys. Uh, there's guys I know you like. There's guys I know you don't like. So mm. I want to get out of you an explanation of like why you're taking this player over similarly ranked guys. Mm. You know, we kind of put the screws to. Kluge and a, and a few like I pulled up I, I I like monitor people's tweets and stuff like I looked at Jacob Sanderson's tweets and he's like came out with some contra- what you say this could be dicey that's what I say he came out with some controversial uh QB rankings mm-hmm. so I was basically like I use this segment to be like hey why do you hate Tua right just mm. like <laughs> I put it I put like two up against like Geno Smith where I knew he had Geno ahead which is controversial and, and he had the answer and he had an answer which is great. you got to be dialed in if you're bringing that kind of investigative journalism to uh 130 Wednesday chat that's right dude. so I look around and I'm like let's see what he's got going on here uh so I'll you know with some of these you're gonna know why I'm doing it uh for instance let's do the first one we'll do one in each position quarterback sure. I know you're a Justin Herbert guy uh-huh. so uh, let me put Justin Herbert up against a similarly ranked, similarly mm. aged guy. And I already asked uh, Kluge, I did Herbert versus Joe Burrow, and he was basically like, I'll take either, which is a good answer, but it also is terrible content. I was like, you know, that is the right answer. Like, I'll take either mm. one, but like, we're trying to have fun here. Can you just yeah. not say I don't care, please, on the show? Yes. Uh, I deal with enough of that with my wife trying to figure out dinner. Not to be right. Sure. I don't care. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's like Mexican or whatever. It's like I don't care. So mm-hmm. I'm going to give you guys two, two similarly aged, similarly ranked, but different flavors yep. of guys: uh, mm-hmm. Justin Herbert or Kyler Murray in your dynasty league. Now that's awesome because you're talking about two guys that are viewed very differently, but are probably exactly the same in terms of their perception from the public, right? Right. Um, They get hampered for reasons that might be more NFL related than they are fantasy related. Um, Two ultra talented guys that are cornerstones of their franchise. I like Justin Herbert because I just think that he gives you the 
next 10 years of consistent production, ideally, as opposed to maybe a strong five-year window from Kyler and then maybe a diminished three-year window after that. Um, I love the directions that both teams are going. Um, I just know that the quarterback is going to produce in the Harbaugh system. Still, I really like Drew Petzing and what he did last year with the Cardinals coming over from Cleveland. Right. Um, and they were working mainly with, you know, backups, rookies, replacement level players. Um, but they still looked feisty. You know, they all took the bus there. They had the fire in their belly. They were uh, putting some stuff together. Yeah, I will say with these guys, the the to your point about like the NFL stuff being the problem, mm-hmm. if you sort all quarterbacks all time by PPR points per game, mm-hmm. these guys are like QB five and six. Let's go. Yeah, Let's like go. I think uh, Kyle Murray might be four. Right. It's yeah. just like they're they're good. You know what I mean? Like they're good for fantasy. And you're right. It's it, I think it's a lot of off the field stuff. And the question you at like you the, the point you made, which is a, is a great one, is that when you historically look at running quarterbacks, not just mm-hmm. mobile, but running quarterbacks, there is a huge fall off where they have to change the way they play by age 30 or so. The best running quarterbacks after the age of 30 is basically mm-hmm. Michael Vick after he got out of jail. Right. Yeah. Uh, that one year. And then. The other one is Cam Newton with the Patriots when he had 12 rushing touchdowns. Yeah, I'm <laughs> one of the most kidding. slept on performances of all time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 12, 12 rushing touchdowns, right? But he was 31. Like Cam Newton, we think he's old. He's like 34 right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like 33, 34. As proven by Google a couple of minutes ago. <laughs> so like, uh, you know, with Kyler Murray, the upside is there, but you have to you have to realize he needs to change the way he plays at a certain point where Justin Herbert can just be Justin Herbert forever and yep. be good until i mean the way it goes these days until he's 40 right i mean like that's mm. that's a new rule if you're any good you play until you're 38 yeah i'd like to see a few less commercials that really killed him last year the subway and the sofi or just yeah. he doesn't have the acting coach yet and he's all over the screen that kind of does diminish his value slightly for me he, they gotta get him they gotta get him into a, a, something funny that's the thing you gotta yeah. and it, maybe he doesn't have it in him but that that changes everything. A good funny if commercial. It, if he was like stoic, like a Baker Mayfield, not stoic, but like if they played him like for like as like the straight man in a funny commercial, I could see that. That, work. that could work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They got it. They the commercials got to be funnier though. You can't just be like a guy like yeah, dude, I like sandwiches. You know, it's like <laughs> that. <laughs> everyone likes sandwiches. Everyone can do that. You know, they just have him taking like bootlegs and like throwing SoFi cards and stuff. Like no, get him Rafi from the league. Get them in a commercial together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something mm. like that. Yeah. So I'm in on that. Uh, mm. All right. Running back. Let me hit you. Uh, I'm going to go with two backs here, similar age, that both could be starting for their team next year. Mm. Uh, questions with both of them, though. They're not definitely not high-end prospects, but it flashed mm. a bit. So I'm going to go with Roshan Johnson mm-hmm. from the Bears uh, and Keaton Mitchell, who kind of popped with the, the Ravens there. So if you had to pick one of these puppies, uh, Keaton Mitchell or Roshan Johnson? So this is another one where when I was talking about Gibbs in the previous segment and how he moves differently, that's how I feel about Mitchell. I have him in that group of guys with like a chain where it's just like, I'm not really ever going to have to worry about the circumstances for this guy. I know when he has the ball in his hands, he's going to be able to produce. Is he going to be able to produce a high volume of touches at a high level? Possibly not, but he's also young. So I don't know what kind of workload he can carry. And probably the best thing for his value, this is going to sound so ridiculous, but like kind of got hurt. We didn't get to see a ton of them. So they're still kind of like, if you believe you can continue to capitalize on that belief without the prices being overinflated. It's, um, it's so true though. Like the, uh, the, <laughs> the unknown, right. Is is better than the, the, it's like the way I rank it is known good. 
mm-hmm. right? Unknown and then known bad, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like just the fact that he's unknown is better than unknown. Just bad. a little bit. That's how we capitalize on these things. And you compare that too with somebody like I made a Roshan Johnson joke earlier. And like, I don't mean to hammer the guy, but he just, he just did not look fantastic for me. And all I keep hearing about him was that he backed up Bijan at Texas. If you go right. on Sleeper's page, Sleeper's little, they have the little anecdotes and the season outlooks for all of the players, right? And Roshan Johnson's is, if nothing else, his special teams acumen should allow him to stay on the roster and develop. That is the player's terrible. Right. And that's the thing is that he beat out Alexander Madison. Congratulations, right, dude? Like, the <laughs> beat out player with the most presidential name. Uh, but, like, the like there's no guarantee that either one of those guys is the long-term answer, right? They could get vaporized like this. And same with, same with uh, Keaton Mitchell, the thing with Keaton Mitchell that I saw that I, uh, and again, I don't have to answer this because I'm putting you on the spot. So I can, I can sit here and say that I like them both if I want to. But one thing I did like from Keaton Mitchell is you saw him getting like running legitimate routes, like real routes. Like Derrick Henry, when he has a reception for 50 yards, it's not a 50-yard bomb. It's usually a a screen, right? Like he's just not running real routes. Keaton Mitchell was getting end zone targets from like the 35, right? Which is you see a guy like Aaron Jones. Mm -hmm. Aaron Jones is running wheel routes. He's running downfield. Yeah, he's running posts, dude. You know what I mean? Like he's running like – he lines up wide receiver and runs straight fades at times. Aaron Jones does. And that has me very excited for Brees Hall, to be honest, because – Aaron Rodgers loves doing that, like motion guys out, send them. Yes. So, Adding which, explosive elements to offenses that are lacking that historically. That's what these guys are yeah. capable of doing. Keaton Mitchell, one of the last couple games he had, like he had one play that he broke off, huge play, got called back on holding. Then he had a yeah. end zone target where the where he was open and the safety just tackled him, mm-hmm. which great play for the team. They scored a touchdown, but that doesn't go in the book as a 50, you know, it was like a 35-yard touchdown mm-hmm. reception that he should have had. It's like the numbers don't necessarily ref- reflect some of the some of the exciting plays he was making. So I kind of do like both guys, but I'm with you with Mitchell, man. He I think he has a cleaner cleaner path to be the top guy there uh real quick before we move to the next one jk dobbins dude like Mm. sad story but somewhere in there there's a guy that's very explosive you know so yeah it's it's difficult because i think that we were and this has been said but i do believe it we were a uh, him staying healthy season away from him probably being the rb3 overall maybe the rb full five something like that Uh, i know i hope he comes back healthy and he i hope a team takes a a stab on him like uh, I don't know, like the Eagles or something, where they've been yeah. doing that kind of reclamation projects. Um, We're in the new era where these they can they can with the right time for with the right time frame with the right medical staff. Now is Baltimore that staff? I don't know. With the right people around him, their careers can be resurrected in one way or another. Right. Um, that's just how it goes. Yeah, take some stab. Somebody take a stab on him. I want to see it. Deserving. Uh, I agree. Yeah, it'd be you know what, just to see because it's I've seen it, man. I've seen that guy have some crazy runs, 50, mm-hmm. 60 yard runs. So uh shout out Jacob Dobbins. Hopefully he comes back too. Just bad luck, man. He's like the Sterling mm-hmm. Shepherd of running back, right? Oh God, that's a that's Jesus. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> he's like two more major injuries away. He's Sterling <laughs> Shepherd is he's got the belt for sure. I just thought of this just now, but have you seen the Scott Sterling video where he yeah, keeps getting <laughs> Scott Sterling Shepard, dude, that's that's actually borderline mean, but whatever. That he's too close to home, sadly. He's rich. Uh, all right, <laughs> um, 
let's do wide receivers while we're talking wide receivers. All mm-hmm. right, Sterling Shepard versus no. <laughs> let me give you let me give you one. Um, now I know that you've been uh, that you were this was your top wide receiver last year. So I'm going to make you uh, talk about. Uh, I'm going to make you stick with your guns, or maybe not. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I never know how people are going to react to this. So I know you do like Jackson Smith and Jigba. I do. I feel. Um, I feel very good about him. So go ahead. All right. So he was the first wide receiver drafted. I had him ranked one. Right. A lot mm-hmm. of people did. And then there were also three other first round wide receivers that most people, in some capacity, had towards the top, if not at the top. Mm-hmm. And of course, the second round wide receiver, Rashi Rice, comes out. And has an incredible year. And now he's playing with Patrick Mahomes. So for you, do you stick with the guns of, okay, this was the best guy and he's going to be the best guy? Or do you turn around and say, well, you know what? I know none of us had Rashi Rice as one, but based mm-hmm. on what we saw, now we got to, you know, we got to pitchfork him over the top. Sure. So for you, Rashi Rice versus JSN, I feel like that'd be a tough one for you. So that that's, why I, that's why I picked it for you. And you can't really. If somebody were to make an argument either way, you can't really go no. You know, they both they there's so much to like about both of them from a step from a talent standpoint to a situational standpoint. Um, I was just really encouraged. This is dynasty, right? If we're talking we yeah. getting a redraft, I'm probably smashing Rasheed right right now. You know, before no Mike Evans or Diggs traded to KC, I'm probably smashing Rasheed Rice well before Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, but I mean, the guy was still able to command 93 targets last year, despite I think maybe he had one or two games playing over 70% of the snaps. Tyler Lockett still just holding on to that position, and you know what? Tyler Lockett's earned it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fuss over it. Um, but Rice did what he did, admittedly well, um, with what a lot of people are calling the single worst wide receiver core in the history of a let's say playoff team, maybe. Yeah. So there's just a lot of uncertainty there. Is he? Is that going to end up being addition by subtraction for him, or is he going to be a mainstay of the offense? I'm not sure. I do really like the direction Seattle's going. I like the Grubbs hire at OC. I still like Geno. I trust the franchise to have a succession plan, um, and I just know that he's the next young buck stepping up. Yeah. Uh, I'll, t- I'll give you my take on it. I have Rushy Rice ahead now because Rushy Rice is already doing it at a high level, and mm-hmm. he's got the full job, and also – we quietly didn't even see the best ability of Rashi Rice, which is contested mm-hmm. catches. He mm-hmm. led all rookies and uh, he led all uh, rookies before the draft in college mm-hmm. in contested catches, and they didn't really give him a lot of those opportunities. So I think he can he can be wheels up. But I'm w- I'm with you on JSN that I'm definitely not trading him where I have him because I think he's going to be like he's just got to go the Chris, the Chris Godwin trajectory. Godwin was mm-hmm. stuck behind Mike Mike Evans is DK Metcalf and a perpetual uh, breakout. Right. And Tyler Lockett is uh, Deshaun Jackson, who was there when Godwin was a rookie. And then, yeah. you know, a couple of years, Godwin kind of, you know, he showed he could get it done. He got to like 800 yards, I think it was the second year. And then when D-Jax and Adam Humphreys were gone and he was a full every down player, pff, what do you have, like 1,400 yards? <laughs> it was, like, was wide receiver two or a wide receiver two. Michael Thomas is the only thing that overshadowed him that year. That's what I'm saying. So I, Michael Thomas set the record for like, you know, most dink and dunk targets <laughs> there's ever been. Most Angriest slant, targets ever. Yep. Angriest slants there's ever been. Most most angry mm. tweets there's ever been. There, um, I, I, something that I really liked that I read about Rice, and this was leading up to the Super Bowl, was that he came into the season, and as the season progressed, he basically changed his play style to – Patrick, tell me what you want me to do, and I'm going to do it. Because that's right. what Travis Kelsey did, and that ended up just the 
instant production that he started having when he started doing that and how they incorporated him. I mean, I don't see how you could possibly make a strong argument against that. That's such a good idea. You know who did the opposite of that? Please. Equinemius St. Brown, when he showed <laughs> when he showed up to the Packers, told them that he doesn't play special teams and he doesn't stretch. Mm. And basically said that his dad was a, you know, uh, which his dad was a Mr. Universe as a mm. bodybuilder and that he is all set with the strength and conditioning stuff. Mm. And that did not go really well for Equinemius. Oh, he's, I mean, to be fair, he just had a storied history of success and name. <laughs> Yeah. So definitely kids out there, go the Matthew Slater route, show up and say, whatever you need me to do, I'll yep. do it. And that's why Matthew Slater played for 16 years. And that's why mm. you know, Martavis Bryant played for like 45 minutes. Right. So like mm. show Harvey. up and yeah, right. For real. Show up and do whatever, do it. He's yeah. not actually dead folks. Right. Mm. No, he's not. I just, you know, all right. Yeah, in fantasy football, he is. Yeah. I just wanted to double check on that. Yeah. But RIP Martavis Bryant, but like do whatever they want you to do. And that's going to be a lot easier for you because Patrick Mahomes isn't going anywhere. Everybody yeah. else are the, are the people that have to fight for the jobs. Mm -hmm. So if you just if he likes you, then you're going to have a job for a long, long time. Couldn't right? ask for a better place to be given the freedom to do the things that they're allowed to do there. That's where you want your career to be. Right. Bingo. So yeah. yeah. So JSN is my answer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did pick a very difficult one. You're catching touchdowns from Drew Locke. You're my guy. And again, I like them both. Uh, this one, this last one I picked. Uh, I'm obviously definitely going to be on your side for this one. Let's go. Because that was a homer pick for sure. I picked one for for tight end because you there. I keep tabs on who is who has been on the right Let's side go. of history, yes. the right side of history, and who hasn't. Like you, Cho, Kluge, mm -hmm. Jacob Sanderson. Like I, it sounds a lot like I pick my guests based on whether or not they like Evan Ingram. Based like on the whether or not strong. <laughs> I really I'm giving away my my hand in that the the only people are allowed on the show are people that have liked Evan Engram from the start. I know you've stayed with us, man. You've been a uh, you've been a truther through the difficult times, right? Through the yes. mean. We I lost a lot. I don't think I have any Giants fan followers left. I don't. Mm. I don't think I do. Well, they're all uh, busy uh, with uh, Wesley. Uh, what's the guy's name? The account that keeps tweeting all the nonsense. Oh um, my god, that guy! Like those, they're <laughs> the Jets. The Jets and Giants podcasters are so mean. And if they catch you saying anything that they think is disrespect, mm. they they will blow you up. Yeah, Herms, mm. Herms, you've been on the show. We'll get you back on, though, for sure. Yeah, yeah you Wesley guys are in. Steinberg, which is a guy who is basically a fake troll account that has somehow gathered 13,500 followers. And he tweets out stuff like uh, there's pressure on owners to bring back Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley at new max contract deals. Oh like making stuff God. up and getting that's the best, dude. I gotta I gotta check on that. That's a great account. Like dude, just the other day I get in the argument on Reddit where people are like, Evan Engram is the reason that the giant like the, the, the Giants were bad. Like the Giants didn't <laughs> the, Gi the the Giants haven't made the Giants haven't won the division in over a decade because of Evan Engram. The Giants, yeah. the Giants won four games in 2021 because Engram mm -hmm. dropped four passes. Is that what mm -hmm. we're trying to say? Like, eat it. It's just bad timing. Poor guy. Anyway, let's get mm -hmm. to the competition. Yeah. So I went in there, and I actually put myself on the clock on this one, and mm -hmm. I said, okay, who's the highest-ranked tight end that I would take Evan Engram over? Mm -hmm. And I came with the name George Kittle. So now yeah. I'm going to put you on the clock. And, I mean, would you rather straight up, if you're doing a startup today, would you take Evan Engram or would you take George Kittle? I would take Evan Ingram, um, yes. and that's and that's that, that. I know that sounds crazy to think, and like a lot of the, a lot of times, people will think they take that as a diss towards George Kittle. But in reality, 
you couldn't not ask for a better situation for what Ingr Evan Ingram is and where he is. The Jaguars have some dicey moves to make coming into the year. Potentially, do they want to give up a second round pick for Calvin Ridley? If not, uh, Evan Ingram, who just came off of almost career highs in almost everything. everything. He, except touchdowns. Except, yeah, except, but he comes back to be the guy for a team in a win now mode. Everybody's kind of on the hot seat there a little bit. So, and guys with his physical skill set, they have those extended primes. He's turning 30 this year coming up, but for him to continue this production 31, 32, absolutely within reason. George Kittle, it's, I don't know if I can say the same. The problem with George Kittle is he's like the opposite of the Kyler Murray situation. Where with Kyler Murray, we people talk about the real NFL stuff and they talk about uh, the attitude stuff. Whereas George Kittle's the opposite. Everybody loves George Kittle. Mm -hmm. Right. And no one thinks that George Kittle's fan favorite team's good. And mm -hmm. no one thinks he's bad. That's the thing. Like yeah. even like no one thinks he's actually bad at playing tight end. The problem is the way he plays and the way the offense operates is not super conducive to PPR formats. So that's <laughs> no, not right. It's like, I'm sitting here and I'm like, like he'll go out and have three catches for three touchdowns against the mm -hmm. Cowboys. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, but he caught, he got three targets. It's like, what the heck? Mm -hmm. And then, and then there are some games where like Christian McCaffrey, like the Cardinals game, Christian McCaffrey scores three touchdowns, so Kittle gets one target, and he's happy about it because he doesn't mm -hmm. care, right? So it's like, I don't know. It, there are arguments to be made in like a best ball maybe or like a longest touchdown league, yeah. right, for George points Kittle. Points for block. Right, points for great yeah. block, yeah. But in if it's any sort of PPR, especially tight end premium, Evan Ingram to the fourth most receptions of any player in the entire league. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. And, and what do you want? What else do you want? 19 more than the next highest tight end. So yeah. in and in a big part of that is screens. They mm -hmm. they uh and those those are automatic catches. Like people will say, like, oh, screens lie, it's cheap. That's why he doesn't have the touchdowns. I'm like, yeah, give me as many cheap targets as you can. Can mm -hmm. we just, you know what I mean? Like pin the ball to his chest if you have to, as long as I get a point in fantasy football. So Please. like, yeah, I don't care. Like, give me screens. So yeah, for me, it's Angram over Kittle. He's also younger, and he also isn't dealing with I mean, maybe if Ayuk if Ayuk shoots his way out of town, mm -hmm. we'll have to reassess this again. That's right. the first thing that literally is on my mind is, you know, what what does this offense look like in twenty twenty four? Yeah, if 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 Ayuk shoots his way out of town and they don't replace Ayuk with anything special, mm -hmm. you know, they replace him with Gabe Davis, which would mm -hmm. be like the <laughs> it's like that <laughs> Simpsons three headed dragon or like He's whatever out in the universe right now. Just microwaved Brandon Ayuk, which is Gabe Davis, dude. Mm -hmm. You know, Costco brand. They had their Marquise Goodwin phase. They they went through it. Marquise Goodwin, dude. Shout out legitimate Olympian. Olympic sprinter, right? Yeah. yeah. Star, right? Yeah, uh, but not not the best football player, though. So what are you going to yeah. do? But, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I'm still, I think I'm in on Ingram. Unless something crazy happens with the Jaguars, dude. He's so locked in. He's so locked mm -hmm. in, tight end eligible. He basically wide receiver. Like the best comparable player for him when you look at, like if you took his season this year and his size and his 40 time, the best comparable player for him is like Andre Johnson. That's, yeah, I heard he was pretty good. He's like 6'3, right? Like I was looking because I was looking through other tight ends and there's no tight ends that run a 4'4'2. There's none, not even Kyle Pitts. So to find a guy who's 6'3, 235, that runs a 4'4'2. I'm not even kidding. The best comps I could find in our in the database I was looking through was like uh, Demarius Thomas, rest in yeah. peace. But like Demarius, I mean, like that's legitimately what we're talking about. Demarius Thomas, Andre Johnson, Chase Claypool. Oh, beast, <laughs> legends. 
I should have left it with the two names I said, but it's, I mean, like yeah. size and speed comparisons, it technically is like right there, right? Here's an, here's an interesting divide, and this is just a simpleton stat, but it is one, right? George Kittle had only four games last year when this offense was working as efficient as it ever has and maybe ever will with more than five targets. Evan Ingram only had one game with five or less targets. Hey, folks at home, well, I know we got to jump off. Go look at those tar- games that Kittle had those targets mm-hmm. and check and see if Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel were out for those games. Ooh, I'll tell you, what, I'll tell you what, none of those five target games, I don't think they're going to be all playing for those. So, uh, But that's it for us, baby. Uh, Chuck, why don't you let everybody know what you got going on this offseason, what the game plan is, uh, when we're going to break off from all this stuff and start our own show that's just us. You know, like What's the plan? Oh, when we start our lifestyle brand, our wellness network, our fantasy fantasy takeover. Nothing to do with football at all. Yeah, <laughs> We're pivoting. Just, this is just yeah. a launch point for most of us, really, right? Who could yeah. talk about fantasy all day other than these guys? Yeah, we'll talk um, about yeah, like shoes and like watches and just you know, like just just dude stuff, you know? Yeah, but any- philosophy, barbecuing, anything really. Yeah, I'm I'm saying I'm available, <laughs> but let me know what uh, let me know what you have going on football wise. Sure. Um, I'll be bringing the This Guy Sucks podcast back around March. I'm getting my, uh, you know, like I said, decompressing right now. So we'll have some people on. We'll be getting blind dates. We'll be, I've got a few new formats I'm looking forward to introducing. We'll have you on and we'll have some live bourbon as we talk some nonsense. And, you know, we'll just be, uh, we'll be keeping it light as always. Yeah, I love it, man. Make sure you follow Chuck over on Twitter. Make sure you go check that out. Uh, make sure you're set up at FFPC. Use promo code COOP. They'll give you 25 bucks when you deposit 35 or more. Not only do they have the Dynasty Startups, not only do they have the Orphans, but if you're more of a redraft player, they already have the best balls. The early best ball contests are up there now. Uh, you can win thousands of dollars. Uh, based on last I checked, I think uh, there's 77 to $2,500 entries. But like some of the ones you can go in, the not, the that you're never too early best balls, $25,000 and $10,000 prizes over there. Uh, use promo code COOP. They'll give you 25 bucks when you deposit 35 or more. Uh, big prizes. And they have like... Slow drafts or 30-second clock. Do whatever you want. So go get that. Uh, go get set up. Get going over there. That's it for us. Thank you guys for joining us in the chat. Thank you, Chuck, for joining us in the show. Thank you, Matt Deutsch, behind the glass. Thank you, FFPC. Thank you, Fantasy Alarm. We are out of here. Thank you, Tony Romo. Love y'all. Bye.